Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is KJ and Lions. KJ Carson and John Lyons right now on WEEI. Coach, um... You know, basically, you had a solid game plan. Obviously, the turnovers was an integral part in today's loss. But, um, you know, you're one of the greatest coaches of all time, and I look five, well, four and 12 right now as a standard. How do you plan to restore the Patriot way at this point? Yeah, we'll get ready for the Jets next week. Good New Year's Day to you. It's KJ Lines in progression Fourier. A new year, the same bill in responses is this the finale coming this week john with the jets that look the patriots look look, bailey zappy looked very mac jones yesterday and i'll get into some of my thoughts of what they do with the quarterback situation but what did you take away from yesterday as bad as the patriots look the game was in the balance at least still with four minutes left to play yeah and i think Look, they fought hard. The resiliency was there for the Patriots. But when you commit four turnovers in the first 20 minutes and you miss two field goals, you're not going to beat anybody, especially a team that's as talented as the Bills and that's playing for a playoff spot like the Bills are. The Bills actually have a chance to win the division if they beat Miami next Sunday night. So, you know, no matter how hard you fight, and I I do think they fought hard, you're never going to win when you make mistakes like that. What I was really baffled by, and I kind of joked about this on Twitter yesterday, is that because, one, the game was about to go to 7 o'clock, that game was running so long, but it would have been a game that people would have switched to in other cities as a game seemingly competitive in the balance, except for us watching this in New England saying, my goodness, if it wasn't for the defense, I, what was the game? Was it Dallas? I can't remember what it, what game it was where the offense gave up so many turnovers that the defense was really only responsible for giving up like seven points. So you're watching a game where you're like, wow, if it wasn't for the defense, this could be a massive blowout. It's not. Josh Allen is having kind of a crap day. Their running game is going, and that's something you would have said, hey, going into game planning, you would say, if you could contain Josh Allen, you would have a chance to win the game. The Patriots defense did that. With four turnovers, the game's still in the balance. I think that's a big statement about how Belichick still has the pulse of the defense and the offense needs to be thrown out the window and everything associated with it. Yeah, and when you look at the offensive mistakes that they made, so they have four turnovers, but it felt like you know they, they almost made them in four different ways because you know the first play, Zappy was late getting the ball out. The second play, the second interception looked like a not a great route from Devontae Parker, but Zappy also didn't see the defender. Then you right. had Farrell Brown, who's been a dependable player for them, just get stripped and fumble the ball. And then the fourth turnover was, I think, Jalen Rager read the blitz wrong and didn't run right. the correct route. So it's like you see these turnovers, and it's like they're all almost happening in different ways, which I think is a big problem because I think – like earlier in the year when we saw like the Mac Jones turnovers, I think a lot of that was Mac A had no confidence by the end of it, but B I think was a lot of times pressing too hard and trying to force yeah. things. Now we're seeing like and again, the offense I think has been better over the past few weeks, but then the first 20 minutes yesterday, we saw the same amount of turnovers, but then we started seeing them in different ways and it really cost them. And you mentioned the Patriots defense 
Look, the Patriots gave up 27 points yesterday. The defense only gave up 20, and 13 out of those 20 were due to drives that the Bills started inside the Patriots' 30-yard line because of turnovers. I mean, the first Bills points, that field goal, they got to open the game. The Patriots' defense forced a three and out. They were just already in field goal range. Can't really blame them for that. KJ and Lions in for Gresham Fourier. Happy New Year Day. New Year's Day. Isn't it funny? You don't say Happy New Year's before New Year gets here, but once the New Year's get here, it then takes possession, like in an English class, so it is Happy New Year's Day to you because it's its day. 617-779-7937, text line 37937. We got tons to talk about. Get in the conversation. Chris Sold, uh, that's for Chris Sale, plus the Celtics and the chance for Derek White to be an all-star getting louder and very clear. Uh, right now talking Patriots, and this Sunday – It'll be interesting. Do you think you'll see a large number of signs? Pick one or the other, you think. A large number of signs saying, thank you, Bill, which is kind of like the backhanded way of saying, please be gone like after tomorrow, this is this Sunday. Or a large number of Jets fans, quote-unquote, cheering for the Jets, knowing that the Patriots have to secure. If, if they win that game, they go from what? maybe 2-3 in the draft to down to 7, and it may change the complete trajectory of what this franchise is looking at. Do you think there's going to be like this this proliferation of Jets fans cheering for the Patriots to not win? Uh, I think we're going to see much more of that thank you, Bill, type stuff that you mentioned at the first part there. I I think there's going to be a lot of... I think a, a large sense of appreciation for what he's meant to the franchise, but a lot of people there who think it may be his last time. Whether they want it to be his last time or not, I think that's going to be kind of the palpable sense in the stadium, unless we hear something different this week. So I think you're going to see a lot of that. And you mentioned this game could have a major impact on where the Patriots draft, and a large part of that is because the Arizona Cardinals went into Philadelphia and beat the Eagles yesterday. They were down by 15. They come back and win. Now that puts the Patriots in a unique spot where they could be drafting as high as two or three. If some things don't go their way draft-wise, they could fall as far as seventh overall in the draft. And they could win this game against the Jets and still have a top-five pick. But then they would, of course, need some help from some other teams to, I guess, win games and other teams to lose games, depending on how you look at it through the uh, the eyes of Tankathon, if you will. Uh, <laughs> but I think it's something that that Cardinals win against the Eagles, I think, made things really interesting, right? Because the Bears are locked in at number one overall. But now with the Cardinals beating the Eagles, we could sit here and say, hey, maybe the Patriots could get the second overall pick, or maybe even if they get the third, the Cardinals are just happy with Kyler Murray, and he's winning games now, and one of those top two quarterbacks are available to the Patriots anyway. So this game against the Jets kind of has that parallel track, where on one hand, it could be the last game for Bill Belichick, which is the first time we've really said this since, what, week two of 2001, that, that it could be, you know, he really could be out of here. And on the other side of it, it could also have a major implication for who the next starting quarterback is in the next five to ten years of the franchise. Well, it's interesting because it's kind of bookend, right? Because if you believe that Belichick is done after this game, it would be apropos that his last game coaching as the Patriots would be against the Jets, right? Because this is where the entire story starts. If you're like in script writing or you understand how stories work, sometimes the beginning looks a lot like the end and the glory's in the middle. Then there's another party that says, well, wait a minute. Maybe the guy gets one more crack at it and gets a chance to at least go out on his own terms, but not fully his terms. I, I think fully his terms would be that he breaks Shula's record. There's a ceremony, the whole nine. He's the all-time winningest coach. Now, I cannot imagine that there's a conversation in place that says, Bill, you could stay here until you get the record, where that should have been obtained probably around next year. So that's why I think next year is his final year. He just missed his benchmark to getting the wins to catch Shula. After the Brady situation, I think it was like you've got about five years to get that record, we'll have something good to go out on, and then we'll all feel like winners in the end. Yes, it's not going to be Super Bowls. It should be at least competitive for playoff spots, maybe even to a wild card. I think that's what the Crafts were expecting to see. They didn't get that. And in return, you're not getting an extension on the bill, okay? You're not going to be able to stay to do Chula's record. So I don't think this Sunday is his last game, 
but I think it's the beginning of the end. Does that make sense? It does. And speaking of that record, there's been reports out there that the record is important to Belichick, and I don't think that's a surprise to either one of us. But right now he sits at 14 behind Shula. So even if they win, he would be 13 behind to tie, 14 to break. And realistically, KJ, (laughs) there's no way the Patriots are going to win 14 games next season for him to break that record. So, And I'm not saying he wouldn't stick around or not, but I think if the record really does matter to him, we're still going to be in a situation that in 2025, he's going to need to coach somewhere in order to break that record. Or do you push all the chips you can, knowing that you've got a solid defense, you still have Judon coming back off of injury, so he'll be part of this mix next year. you got a solid defense. You maybe go get the rookie quarterback next year, and you find like free agents that are just going to flock here because there's going to be plenty of money available and a favorable schedule that I mentioned. That do you make a run to try and be that fourteen and three team next year, just out of the abyss? Because I mean, crazier things have happened. Sure, crazier things have happened, and you mentioned the favorable schedule, but it just feels like this offense. And, and we're leaving out the special teams unit. I mean, the Patriots lost by six yesterday, and they missed two field goals. Right, so th- it feels like this offense. And well, I special think Chad teams Ryland are- is someone you can replace very easily. Sure, and I know right. they had the kickoff return for a touchdown, but we've seen over the last few years a lot of major special teams issues, and I think that can get improved if they have a change on the coaching staff there at special teams and maybe a piece here or there. But they honestly have enough money invested; they shouldn't need a piece here or there. But I think that can be improved, maybe a little bit easier than the offense. The problem for me, KJ is they have a defense good enough to win double-digit games and make the playoffs. It feels like this offense is almost two years away from being that good. Now, it can be a lot better next year, and maybe they can get to playoff contention. Maybe they even could get to 10 wins. Because if you look back to this year, I mean, the Colts game, the Chargers game, right? these are games that if they just scored literally one more touchdown, they would be wins. Right, So the they can win games like that, I think, next year. The problem is when their defense has days that they aren't holding opponents to under 14 points, I, I wonder next year how many of those games they'll be able to win. You know what it could feel like for Belichick right now is if you've been in college and you need like 18 hours to graduate, but you've never taken 18 hours in a semester, and you're like, you know what, I'm going to take the eight, I'm going to attempt to take 18 hours so I can go ahead and get this accomplished and then you find yourself actually in summer school, right? So I don't know if Belichick would even, like, like let's just say that he wins 12 games next year, right? Let's say the team goes 12-5, and five, which I think is a realistic possibility, mentioning that, okay, if they win a couple of years, games here, there, they've got better players over here. In this situation, they still have a solid defense. I don't know if Kraft gives him an extension to try and break the record for another year because of what's happened over these last few years. So in in the argument that I've made is, hey, you can't just criticize a guy for a couple of bad years over the course of 20 years. But at the same time, you can't reward that guy towards the end of those years for him to get a personal accomplishment with a a quick spike and then a potential downfall again. I'll tell you what. First, uh, we'll get into your holiday season. How was was New Year's for you? How did it go last night? Not bad. Just kind of, you know, I watched the Packers just demoralize the Minnesota Vikings and then stayed up till midnight and then went to bed pretty quickly because I had to come here and do radio with you at 10 a.m. on New Year's Day, which I'm very happy to do. But I'll be honest with you, KJ, much more excited about the college football playoff later today than really anything that I did yesterday once the Patriots game ended. Yeah, I have no sympathy for you. First off, I was a good husband and turned off that game, which was really going one way. I saw that early. I'm like, turn off the game, watch the Lifetime movie with the wife and the daughter. Then thankfully, I didn't have to watch a ball drop because now it phones. I don't, you know, maybe you do the, you know, the three, two, one account and that kind of works. But as soon as my phone turned 12, it was like, happy new year. And I don't need to watch a television show for that. Went to bed. And here's why I don't feel bad for you. I've already done a morning show nationally for BetQL this morning at six. So you're like, I had to get up at 10. I was up at five 30. Not all show heroes wear capes, KJ. I don't even wear capes, but I might have one underwear today. So we'll continue the conversation about the Patriots and where things move forward. Get in the conversation. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. KJ in lines in for Gresham Fourier. Now it's time to trend. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. With John. We're back to KJ and Lions on WEI. How much, you know, with one game left, you talked about the inconsistency that you guys have had as an offense. How much would you like to get together a full 60 and the season on a win going Yeah, it'd be awesome um, to put, you know, two halves together. You know, something we've been working on for the last few weeks would be awesome. Kind of end the year, going to the next year, you know, kind of on a high of understanding what this offense can truly be. Um, so we're going to get back at it Tuesday and watch the film, get ready. Jets with another great defense, so we're just going to you know, have to practice great and you know, execute and have great communication come Sunday. KJ and Lions on WEEI. Happy New Year's Day to you. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. It's Bailey Zappi saying he's looking forward to putting together two complete halves against the Jets. John, I do not like that he mentioned next year in his statement because I believe if there's a way that you can get Belichick out of your craft, you make the mandate of blow up everything with the offense. O'Brien's gone. Everything is gone. We're going we're gonna to search out who it's for. And if you can't get with that, then you can get gone. Yeah, and uh, quick correction, KJ. Patriots only missed one official field goal. I said two earlier, but one was called oh. back by a special team's penalty. So, But wait, doesn't it feel like Chad Ryland goes out there and kicks with his baby feet? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, So technically like, he uh, uh, missed the uprights twice, but one of them was called back due to a Patriots penalty. So, Right, so something yeah. was saved. I, I, yes. I, I, I think dude's got the yips. Yeah, You're it's like, tough. I... It's tough to watch, you know, because the distance <laughs> is there, too. Like even the ones that he missed, like the dist, it's just like way. It's he cannot get it. It's funny because he gets the fifty-six yarder to beat Denver straight, but then all the field goals before and after it, just a brutal struggle for him to make. Yeah, look, I I talked to Bailey Zappi uh, last week. Uh, Mike Cadlick and I did when he was on WEI for his weekly interview, and I asked brag. him. Yeah, well, hey, I mean, you you smoked me on Bragg's <laughs> last time we were on together, so I had to give you one. But I asked him. Do you feel like you've earned the right to be the starter next year? And, of course, he gave me the typical, you know, I'm just focused on what I can focus on. And, and, and I respected that. I understood that's the answer he was going to give me. But I think it's an interesting question because I think what Zappi has shown over the last, you know, call it month or so since he really became the starter is that he's earned the right to be part of this offense next year. Now, is that as the franchise future quarterback? No, I don't think so. But it's a guy that should be here. So if I were him... I would be looking ahead to the offense next year because I think he's earned the right to be part of it. But to your point on what do you actually do with this offense? Because the original question from that reporter was, do you want to play a good 60 minutes of offense? And KJ, I mean, they've played 16 games this year. I can't really think of one that they have played 60 full minutes of good offense. I mean, that first Bills win, they were good offensively for most of that game, but they did go quiet for a while in the second half. I mean, the Denver game, they were good for most of the game, but they did start it off with a strip sack fumble, and they did have, what, three three and outs in the second half. I think it was early in the fourth quarter. So I don't know if they've really played 60 full good minutes of offense. So would it be nice to see them do it to finish off the year? Yeah, but even if they did, I think you got to look at this and say, why are they consistently failing to do that? And I think above all, it's just a lack of talent 
at a bunch of spots, right? We, we've talked about the quarterback position a ton well, this year, but offensive line, receiver, they're just a ton of talent lacking there. Well, John, John, here's the thing. If Bailey Zappi stays, and let's say Caleb Williams is the pick for the Patriots as the next quarterback, sure. well, Bailey Zappi cannot do what Caleb Williams can do. So the other thing is, whatever quarterback you get, if you're saying that Bailey Zappi is going to be that guy who can do those things if that quarterback goes down, I would say no. So it's that's why like Joe Flacco really didn't work as the backup for Lamar Jackson. Eventually, you've got to go get somebody who can do some facsimile of things of Lamar Jackson because your offense is going to be totally different if you go from one extreme to the other. Now, is Bailey Zappi a little more mobile than what you have currently? Absolutely. Could he potentially do things that a young rookie quarterback with some speed? Possibly, because he could take off and run. You saw a couple of 17-yard runs from him. So maybe if that's the argument for Bailey Zappi to say, you know what, as the backup quarterback, he could still do some things with his legs if you're going because you're going to need a quarterback who's going to be mobile and can make plays outside the pocket because I just don't know that you can just completely fix your offensive line overnight. So you've got to get a quarterback who can escape and make plays, at least keep the defense conscious of keeping a step back versus you no, know, they could just run through the A-gap, which they were doing with Mac. So that's the other thing is who is the quarterback you go and get? So you've heard me like with Drake May and even Bo Nix. You almost say like, well, damn, what if Zappy beats these guys out in camp? How do, what, what's the feeling behind that? But if it's someone who's a different style quarterback, then maybe you say, okay, Zappy can do some of those things. That's why I think you saw some of the planned runs. It could be a futuristic look into what the Patriots may want out of the next quarterback. Maybe this is why you do keep Bill O'Brien around because he has coached Deshaun Watson, and that was his most successful coach. Uh, that's the most successful it went quarterback. really well there, yeah. For the right, so, yeah. so if that's the way you're going, then I would say, okay, I like the perspectives. But if it's about bringing in another Drake May or saying what about Bo Nix or anything like that, I say you're lining up the British Army in 1775 formation all over again. And if you don't understand that reference, then what the hell are you doing in New England? Yeah, look, I think the swing piece of all of this conversation that we're having with even what they're going to do this week, but their draft position, their offense, everything, is what do they think of Jaden Daniels? Because I think Caleb Williams is going to go probably before they pick, right? Because the Bears might take him at one, or if the Patriots are at three or four, someone at two or three is probably going to take him. So there's Drake May there, which I'm sure that they probably like him. But if they like Jaden Daniels, and they think Jaden Daniels can be as good, if not better, than Drake May or Caleb Williams, and they can take him at, say, fifth or sixth overall, then it's a much different conversation to saying, well, we have to be in the top two, and Caleb Williams might be gone, so we're going to take Drake May, and that's how we're going to run our offense going forward. If they like Jaden Daniels, who you know gives you a little bit more mobility-wise than Drake May, not that Drake May can't move, but maybe a little bit more there, and you can get him at five or sixth overall maybe, I think it's a much different conversation with what happens this week, what happens with their offensive situation the entire offseason, also maybe even what they do in free agency as well. Yeah, I, I do wonder. It, it it really does come down to the draft position, right? I, I think Washington, they're sitting there like, and, and here's the other thing, that, that Cowboys-Lions game, what messed it up for the Patriots to keep Washington ahead of the Patriots is that it now gave, by by, by the Lions losing that game, it then gave the Patriots a light, a slightly higher strength of schedule than the Reds, uh, than the, than the than the Commanders had, just off of that game right there. So, and then of course with Arizona, as you mentioned, them beating Philadelphia, put a wrinkle in some things as well. If you if you if you're at three, and let's say Caleb Williams is gone there, I think you have to go Marvin Harrison Jr. Right? If 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 if, if I think well, that's another Caleb, piece of it too, KJ. Because let's say they view it as, hey, we know Zappi might not be a franchise guy, but he's good enough for us to be in playoff contention if we have a better supporting cast around him. The best supporting cast guy out there is going to be Marvin Harrison Jr. So that that's another piece. And maybe if they're at three or four and they don't like Jaden Daniels, they'll say, all right, well, Caleb Williams and Drake May are going to go ahead of us, so we're just going to take Marvin Harrison Jr., and then we're going to build that way from there. So we did a mock draft. Let's go ahead and jump to the mock because this is where the conversation clearly is going. Here on KJ and Lions on WEEI, 617-779-7937, text line 37937. 
So tell me your first three picks that you have in your latest mock draft. So it's kind of funny because I did one last night, KJ, when they were fourth overall. Okay. Now they're third overall. Oh, there you go. So it's like they've already moved up, which is wonderful. But So my first pick on my third overall draft is my, uh, Drake May. I got Drake okay. May. He fell to me at third overall. When I had him at fourth overall, I did take Marvin Harrison Jr. Okay, so that would eliminate you taking Bo Nix in the second round like you did. Exactly. exactly. Okay, so that's so- the other thing, too, right? So like, if they're at fourth overall, you can go Marvin Harrison at four or whoever tackle you like at four. And then in the second round, you could have Nix, you could have Penix, J.J. McCarthy, whichever one of those guys you like. So, okay, so you went quarterback one. Who'd you go to? So two, I went uh, offensive tackle, Tyler Guyton out of Oklahoma. So a little bit of a reach there, but he's big, can move around. So I like that pick. And I think that's another thing, too. The Trent Brown situation, Bill Belichick said after the game, it was a coach's decision not yeah. to play him. So Trent Brown's not going to be here next year. I love Mike Onwenu. I think they should re-sign him, but I just don't know if that's really going to happen. And if they do, they still need another tackle. So I want tackle in the second round, especially if I get that quarterback in the first round. Okay, and then finish out your draft. I know it's a little different than what I have in front of me of what you did. So third, my third-round pick, uh, was Tavondre Sweat, who's you can actually watch him today in the college football playoff defensive tackle out of Texas. And if you remember, he caught a touchdown in the Big 12 championship game pass when he played a little bit of offense for the Longhorns as well. But that's another thing. Look, I understand with offense, offense, offense. That was a spot where I thought he was the best player available. And it's somebody that if you can pair him with Christian Barmore on your defensive line, you're going to be really good for the next several years there. Okay, so that takes you through, what, four rounds right there that you've done so far? Yeah, that's three, right? Three. Okay, so fourth round, you took a... So the fourth round, I'm just pulling... I Tory Horton, wide receiver out of Colorado State. Good size, an outside guy. I think they have a good slot in their future with Demario Douglas. Uh, I think that's a guy that can be a big part of their offense in 2024 and 2025, but I still want upgrades on the outside. So if you're going to improve your quarterback position you're going to improve your tackle position the next thing is i think you need some serious upgrades at receiver Devonte parker's just been wildly inconsistent this year i like kendrick Bourne, but he can kind of bounce back and forth between slot and outside i don't have any faith in juju smith schuster being healthy and a big part of this offense tyquan thornton has shown me basically nothing jalen rager i like him as my kick returner but again don't really trust that guy to be a full-time wide receiver for me so i went with tory horton wide receiver in the fourth round Okay, so I did my draft, and I was able to get the third position, so it had updated. So I took Caleb Williams at three. He was available. Then I take Graham Barton, the offensive lineman from Duke, in the second round because the offensive line has to be addressed in the second round, right? Like not right away like they did with Cole Strange and made that mistake. And then I took Jatavion Sanders, the tight end, a huge dude out of Texas. I think that's where... You have to recapture what you want to do, especially that you have a run game and you want to readdress the tight end situation, which I think has been underdeveloped. And then I was able to get Devontez Walker from North Carolina and then later in that round, Brendan Rice from USC. So I'm able to address the outside guys at at good prices who I think can provide absolute pop. Walker, you know, if you remember, if you don't know the story of him at Carolina, he, there was kind of some issue about whether he could play or not because of his NIL deal. Just an absolute stud in the last few games for Carolina. And then Brendan Rice is the son of Jerry Weiss at played at USC. So at least for Caleb Williams coming into camp, you've got a familiar receiver right there. You've got another guy who you believe can be a stud. You've got a tight end who's just a monster already. And then after Brendan Rice, I take an offensive lineman. And then in the final round, I take a cornerback out of Kentucky. So mine is very offensive heavy yep. because I believe one, whoever your quarterback, if you go get if you get Caleb Williams, you need to say, okay, we're getting receivers, and we'll even get you one of your receivers who we believe will understand what it takes to be in the NFL culture in Brendan Rice because Jerry Rice is his father. So even if you're because here's the thing. The Patriots culture is still going to be what it's it's still going to be very insular. It's going to be understanding your role and doing your job. You look at someone like Brendan Rice and you say, okay, this guy does not have to worry about what financial needs that he may need to take care of the family. That's more important than playing football. So this guy's got acumen. He's got an ear, you know, from from you know, he he he's able to lend an ear to the greatest receiver of all time. And even though he he was kind of, there was a ton of receivers at USC this year. Yep. 
he may be the guy that can flash for you because his father wasn't this first-round phenom either. So sometimes these guys who are the stars of wide receivers, you talk about like these guys you could have gotten that went later, this may be the chance where you say, you know what, you found a couple of wide receivers, third, fourth round, around the fourth round that really popped for you if you don't get Marvin Harrison, right? You can only get one Marvin Harrison. But if you get Walker and you get Rice to pair with, you know, with the new quarterback, you might have something exciting. Yeah, and I think your pick of Jatavian Sanders out of Texas is really interesting because this tight end room, look, Hunter Henry, I think, has been much better since Bailey Zappi took over, and I know he's missed the last two games. Mike Kosicki still hasn't given you much, but he did score the touchdown against Denver on Christmas Eve. But this is a tight end room that both of those guys might not be back next year. Just yeah, they just of, cost too much. Exactly, and just because of contract situations, right? So they may not be back. I would like to see Hunter Henry back, and I think the Patriots can afford it. But this is something, too, and I know you know we're getting a – I don't want to get too deep in the weeds here, KJ, but if they mm. were at like seven overall – like and Brock Bowers was there and the quarterbacks were off the board they liked, like that could be another direction they go as well because I think their offense, especially you take Bill, a tight end that high. I think he's uniquely that good. Um, but I think it's a possibility. But I think their offense, especially if Bill O'Brien stays, is so predicated predicated on having a good tight end and in some cases multiple good tight ends that you need to keep Henry around and you need to either hope you can re-sign Gasicki and he improves next year or really just make a, another upgrade there at tight end alongside Hunter Henry. So I think that pick you had of the tight end was actually, look, I know you took Caleb Williams at third overall, but I was most interested in your tight end selection because I think that's something that, look, we've talked a lot about the quarterback position. We've talked a lot about offensive tackle. We've talked a lot about the wide receiver position. Tight end could look completely different next year. And if they have a young quarterback playing, whether it's, Bailey Zappi starting the season or a high draft pick rookie, having a good tight end security blanket is really important for any quarterback, but especially a young starter. So that's something I think they they very well could address in the first three rounds as well. Yeah, I think it feels like the reset of when Mac Jones was drafted, right? Except for the free agents were the ones that were brought in, the tight end to Hunter Henry, uh, the John U. Smith, um, things that you felt like would help a young quarterback or – help a quarterback in Cam Newton who really wasn't a deep ball threat guy, right? Something that would be right in front of you, something that could be a quick hit, you know, yards after catch would be the key. Now I think we're back at that square one, but I think you have a chance to get a better quality quarterback. I'm not saying Caleb Williams is going to be the next godsend because I don't know if there are any can't-miss guys in this draft, but I think there you've probably got three or four guys well, whatever an all-pro looks like moving forward, that can be in those conversations and can build teams up. And I think it's just weird that the Patriots are one of those teams that are in this hunt after so many years of the one thing you never thought they would have to even get is a quarterback, and the one time they did, it later became a problem and a controversy, right? Yeah. KJ and Lions here on WEEI 617-779-7937, text line 37937, in for Gresham Fourier. So... Do you think there's going to be a hard edict that if Bill wants to stay, he has to be offense-minded when it comes to this draft? Because, look, I I took the the, the one defensive player I took was the very last pick. Yeah, and even for me, like the defensive players that I took in my mock, I mean, Tavondre Sweat was in the third round, and I just think he's such a good potential player that I didn't want to pass that up. And then I took a safety in the sixth round. Other than that, it was all offense. I think a lot of their free agency money is going to be offense. Like, that's another thing, too. And I know we're going to talk about this in March and April as well. But if they sign a guy like T. Higgins, well, then maybe they don't want to draft a Marvin Harrison. I don't know if you go to T. Higgins. Or bring in, you know, a premier receiver like that. Yeah. Like, that might be something they don't want to do. So, look, here's the issue, KJ. Well, let me ask you this off of that. Sure. Do you think that you need to get a a seeming like – future headline quarterback in order to get that premier receiver, right? Because what free agents gets excited and says, get me to New England if Bailey Zappi is going to be the guy to start off? Or is it get me to New England because they brought in Caleb Williams and I think I can make that boy shine? So, look, I think the the more hype for a free agent would be the Caleb Williams or Drake May or Jaden Daniels is coming in. But, I mean, we saw this in 2021. The Patriots re-signed Cam Newton to a one-year deal. He really had not played well in 2020, but they still were able to bring in a bunch of free agents because they paid him the most money. So that just might have to do that in some of these cases. And I think, look, when it comes to this offense, the, the issue I have, KJ, and the concern I have is that 
okay, they're going to invest draft capital at offense, but they've tried that a bunch of times over the last five years, and it's failed. So it's not just the investing of the draft capital in offense. It's who's evaluating these guys coming out and who's saying this is who we should get. It's not just the idea of we're going to take a quarterback at three and we're going to take a tackle in the second round and a receiver. In the th- it's who's evaluating these guys because they've tried. You know who that well, answer is. Well, they've tried over the last five years to invest. Like, that's the thing. This offense is bad right now. It's not for a lack of trying investment-wise. They spent a chunk of free agent money. By the way, Jonu Smith has more receiving yards this year with Atlanta than his two years in New England combined. But it's not for a lack of trying free agency and trying draft capital. They've just missed on a lot of evaluation. So to me, that's the bigger question I have. It's not, are you going to take a quarterback and, you know, and a tackle with your first two picks? Are you going to take a receiver and a quarterback with your first two picks? It's Who's evaluating these guys? Because the people, for the most part, that have done it over the last five years have failed at doing so. So if you're craft, right, do you tinker with saying, Bill, because this happens in our industry, right? Like sometimes they ask you to do something that you don't necessarily want to do. Like, hey, you know, you can schedule music. and be like, man, I don't get paid to schedule music too. There's something new. But do you go to them and say, we're going to bring in a decision maker for the draft you can still be the head coach, but you can't be both in your last year, right? Because it is so critical moving forward because, again, that's been the knock on Bill is the GM side, right? You're talking to your buddies, and maybe you're not looking at deeper due diligence on players. Right. You trust the opinions of guys that you know who've played the game, but let's just call it what it is. Herm Edwards didn't really succeed very well at the college level like he did at the pros. It's two totally different things. There are different intrinsic values for a college player than there is a pro player, right? So I, I do wonder if there's if there's kind of like, I don't want to say a poison pill, but it's like if you want to stay, here's the new thing at play, and it takes some of your power. Because if you don't take some of the power, then why would Belichick approach it any differently this year going into next, knowing that next year is the most crucial year of this franchise for its next five years? What you do in this coming draft and free agent moves will determine if this team turns it around within a year, year and a half, or becomes this doldrums of seven, eight years that clearly the fan base has never been exposed to, but it has existed, that will just be very uncomfortable, not only for the crash, but fan base and for Bill. Yeah, I think you're 100% correct. I mean, what they do over the next six months, let's just call it six months, yeah. is going to have a major effect on the next four to five years, maybe even 10 years. Because think about it, if you get that quarterback right, and whoever it is, it could be you know Caleb Williams at third overall, it could be you know Michael Penix in the second round. I don't care. Whoever it is, if you get that right, you are going to be okay for the next seven to 10 years. Now, I'm not saying you're going to win the Super Bowl every year. You won't, but you will be good enough to be in playoff contention every single year if you get that right. If you get it wrong, then you're just setting yourself back three more years like we just went through with Mac Jones and, and even beyond the quarterback too, right? Even if you pick a great quarterback, but he's getting killed every week, you know, look at Alex Smith and his early tenure before Jim Harbaugh took over in San Francisco, totally different guy, right? So you need to get those picks on offense. Correct. You need to get those free agent dollars on offense. Correct. Again, because it's not like they haven't tried over the last five years. They've just missed on a lot of those evaluations and you cannot, cannot capital cannot afford to do that this year. I just wonder what the level of angst will be here in New England if the Patriots don't take a quarterback in the first round and seeing quarterbacks come off the board before you get to that second round pick. Yeah. I think that's I think that's the scary nightmare scenario that teams start to move up because I think they showed a graphic. I think it was me, I forgot which game it was during yesterday. Oh, during the game last night of how, who the starting quarterbacks were at the beginning of the season. And who I think are the there's starting? five left in the AFC. Five left. So there's going to be this high premium on quarterbacks, and if you don't get one early, you might find an empty grocery store with none of them left. It's KJ and Lions in for Gresham Fourier. Happy New Year's Day to you. 617-779-7937. Your text line message is next. And would you rather more likely to either or on WEEI? Good day to you. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back to KJ and Lions on WEDI. WEEI 617-779-7937 in progression Fourier. Happy New Year's Day to you. John, do you have any super... I, I don't believe in superstitions because I think they're just... Well, I don't believe in resolutions because I think they're superstitions. Like, it's a resolution, so that means you're like repackaging a bad gift in your life. Like, that's what I think resolutions are. It's a resolution. So... Are, are you a superstitious guy? Do you believe believe in resolutions? How do you approach them? Uh, you know, I, occasionally I'd be willing to make a resolution, but I'm also the type where if I'm like thinking about something in November that I need to fix or improve, I'm not going to wait till January first to make a resolution. I'm just going <laughs> to try leak to fix in it. my house. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just going to try to fix it in November. So that I'm not like against them per se, but I'm not necessarily super into them. One thing I am going to try to do this year, KJ, and I think it'll be good for me, yeah. I'm going to try to use Twitter, AKX, a little bit less than I did in 2023. So Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm tired of supporting the Rhodesian. That's just calling what it is. If you really, if you know why I'm calling them Rhodesian, you know I'm, I know my history. It's just become such a cesspool, right? It was supposed to be a good tool. And it was, uh, I felt, for a long time. I remember at one point you could only get an invite to be on it at one time. And here's what happened. When people who were considered influencers, and I was in part of the group because I was a morning show you knew guy. Steph Curry as a kid. No, I mean, I, there's a bigger brag if you really want it, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna flex the Michael Jordan one on you. So, look, it, it was designed for for celebrities. I remember Oprah and what's the guy's name from that '70s show, Ashton Kutcher. They were two major people approached about Twitter in the early days. Say, hey, your fan base would love to hear from you and what you're doing. Here's this thing where you can just kind of make, you know, Main Street, center of the center of the aisle announcements to everybody. Once I knew how this thing worked, where Oprah like may have 5 million followers but only follows one person, it means they don't give two craps about you, right? Right. And so what ended up happening was these celebrities weren't using them. So now they've got this database, so they say, okay, we'll open it to the rest of the people. And so now the rest of the people that came in are like, I've got 2 million followers. And I was like, well, show me $2 million a month from them. Tell, show me how you get a dollar from them every month. If you don't, you they're, they're not following you. They may be watching you, but they're not following you. And then most people don't know this. And I don't know that you know this, John. Up until 2017, every single tweet was being kept at the Library of Congress. And you know what the Library of Congress is, right? Yes. <laughs> it's information that can be held against you in case the government wants to present a case. So I, I, that's why I stayed off of it early on. In fact, when I came to EEI, I think I only tweeted a thousand, maybe a thousand times over like 12 years. I never used it. It was when I came here, it was just like, you should tweet more. Now I'm tweeting less now that the Rhodesian has it. And then trust me, me and Rhodesians don't necessarily get along. Yeah, and look, I, I think it's it's too bad because it used to be something that I think not only could you get a lot of news from, but there was a lot more positive interactions. And it feels like over the last few years, it's just become increasingly negative. Everyone on it is miserable. Like, I use it now, but if I was ever at the point, KJ, which, of course, this is going to happen to both of us, that I was, like, legitimately famous and, and I had a big radio show or big TV presence, I probably would barely use it at all because it's something that like when i go on it now i it's almost out of habit more than even me wanting to be on like oh I'll take my phone i'll look what's on twitter you know see what the news is but it's not like oh i want to go on twitter and see what's going on it's more become out of habit than out of actually wanting to be on it so it's something that you know over the course of this year just kind of try to do a little bit less except of course when there's big patriots news then i won't be able to help myself yeah well let's get to the text line three seven ninety three seven nico what you got so we got one texter here who says, there's not one shred of proof that Bill Belichick is leaving, either voluntary or involuntary. Just stop. Wait, what do you mean? <laughs> either involuntary or voluntary, I think it's going to be voluntary next year. So I'm not telling you that Belichick is going at, after the Sunday game. I don't know what he's hearing. He might be, I don't know, maybe he's got his phone upside down on his face. I don't know. But look, what I'm telling you is, voluntarily, Bill Belichick will be gone next year. 
And it's kind of an involuntary because he won't be able to get to his goal of beating Shula's record. I don't think Belichick has a three- or four-year leash anymore. Yeah, I don't think so either. And look, I understand that Kraft hasn't come out and said he's gone. Bill hasn't come out and said he's leaving. So there's no you know, official announcement proof. But, KJ, you know me for a few months now. I've been doing yeah. shows together. I'm an evidence guy. I like to look at the evidence and kind of make a determination there. So let's look at the evidence, right? You have the Brady thing. Then you have the Patricia and Judge thing. Now you have a four and twelve season, right? So yeah, there's no definitive announcement yet, and they're very and he very well could stay. But if you add up the evidence, it is a bigger chance than at any time since week two of two thousand one that there could be a different guy coaching the Patriots. And see, on the other side, I would say look at the evidence. When Bob Kraft bought the team for hundred seventy two million, and what it's worth right now, having this discussion of whether Belichick's going to be gone or not for year twenty five, and the team is worth seven billion. I think he stays for a 25th year. It's 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 like it's it's no different than any other business. If there's someone who's reaped you great returns and hasn't been problematic, hasn't tried to usurp ownership, hasn't badmouthed them or made them seem put them in a negative light, I mean, that goes to the relationship part. I think Bill gets straight up 25 years, and after 25 years, he's done. Are you and sure I, he hasn't? Ever made them be seen in a bad light, though? Well, it, they, one way they may feel that way, but he's never come out and say, well, gosh, if I'd gotten the support of upstairs, then maybe I can get something done. Remember those comments last year about we're near the bottom of the league in cash spending? That was a pretty good shot. Yeah, but that's also on him as well because and you have whatever Spygate, cash. Well, and you well, have Brady leaving. You have Patricia. Well, like that all kind of made the crafts look. And again, I, I understand what you're I'm saying. I'm talking about out the, of your mouth. Yeah, I understand. I, I get that. But I think there have been instances where he's maybe either made the crafts look bad or not as good as they wanted to look. Now, but I, look and feel bad are two different things, John. But I think for them it matters. But also, I think, and I don't really buy the whole just because it's been 24 years he gets one more year thing like you do, but I do think that and craft, I feel like in my bones, is looking for any excuse possible to keep Belichick around. Like maybe they play great against the Jets and Bill to go to him and say the defense. the defense is good and it was all Mac Jones who said. Like I feel like Kraft would love to find a reason, find an excuse to just keep Bill for at least another year. And maybe he will. He may have those reasons. Again, I'm not one of those people that says you have to fire Bill. I'm not. I know a lot of people on these airwaves are. I'm not. But I do think Kraft, when he looks at it, if he had the choice in his heart to keep him or let him go, he would keep him. And I think he's trying to find a reason to do that. KJ and Lions in for Gresham Fourier here on WEEI, seven minutes away from the Chris Sales trade and why the Red Sox really got a haul. They got they got themselves something. That's coming in seven minutes, but right now it's time for Yeah. A little multiple choice here. Would you, you, you rather pour like the two? Uh-huh. Either or I ask of you. Would you, you, you rather more like the two? Either or I ask of you. All right, three questions. Would you rather more likely to happen an either or? They can be in anything, sports, life. Here we go. All right. Would you rather the Red Sox to get top, <clears throat> excuse me, the Red Sox to get three top prospects or one star pitcher like a Corbin Burns, but without an extension. John? Oh, I'd take Corbin Burns. They desperately need pitching. And uh, as the Dodgers showed with Tyler Glass now, you can get a pitcher inside him. Yeah, I think the move with Grissom kind of makes me switch what my answer would have been a couple days ago. You do go get a Corbin Burns because now you feel like with the acquisition of Grissom, one of those prospects may now become disposable. So if you get Corbin Burns, take the chance without the extension, Maybe you can, you'll can. you have the whole year to negotiate with him, and maybe he'll see that, hey, you'll be with the historic franchise, you'll be out of a small market, and you would be the ace of the team now that the old ace is now gone. All right, next one. All right, the opt-outs in college football bowl games have been ridiculous, which brings us to more likely to happen, colleges make bowl appearances part of any NIL deal involving the school, or players will have to declare themselves inactive before the school accepts a bowl bid? Mm. I wonder if they're going to have to start pretty much handing in rosters before they're in. You know, like when you're given the yeah. bowl bid, when it's offered to you, 
you've got to show a committed roster. And I don't know if they'll have that power, but I think the schools are trying to get some control back. So, KJ, I, I have a solution that I saw on Twitter today, actually, that I think might fix this. Don't open the transfer portal window until after the national championship game. Because then guys will have more incentive to play, even in the non-playoff bowl games, because they'll be putting film on tape for teams that they could transfer to as well. So or, maybe do something like that. Or how about a third option? All those NIL deals that involve cars? Like, if you don't play in the playoff game, just shut that thing off remotely. You're like, the car won't start, coach. It'll yeah. be at practice tomorrow at 8, and that car will start just fine, son. There you go. <laughs> All right, final one. All right. One has to go on Black Monday. Either Bill Belichick or... Bill O'Brien. Ooh. So because you said Black Monday, I say Bill O'Brien. I think Belichick has earned enough to not just be one of those guys fired on Black Monday. Right. This is just yeah, it's either or. You had to choose yeah. one. I would say it would be Bill O'Brien because the offense still needs to be addressed, and maybe it gives more control to the crafts in terms of moving the fan- franchise forward and maybe making a statement that Bill no longer bringing in your guys to do a subpar job is going to be acceptable. We've got our finger on this. And that is, would you rather more likely to either or here on KJ Lines, the second hour next on WEEI. Happy New Year's. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.